Okay, so sorry. We are going to start today in a hero's pose. So knees together, angle your shins apart, and make sure you have access to your props. So you might move a blanket, a block, or a combination of props behind you. As you take the flesh of your calves in your hands, press your calves back, and then widen your calves apart as you take a seat between your heels. So I want you to feel comfortable and supported here. If this is causing pain in the knees, then get more height underneath the hips. If it's causing strain in the ankles, then uh, you can slide a blanket underneath your shins and kind of lessen the angle that your, uh, that your ankles are uh, being extended at. Okay, so once you have a supported seated position, you might even... Uh, to take the flesh of your buttocks and draw it back and apart to feel more connection between your sits bones and the surface beneath you. And now close your eyes. Find a place to rest your hands. And with the breath, next inhalation, shrug your shoulders up towards your ears, really tighten the uh, trapezius muscles. And then as you exhale, maybe audibly sigh through your mouth and let the shoulders fall down. (sighs) We'll do that two more times. Inhale, shoulders up. Exhale, (sighs) let them fall. One more time. Inhale, shrug. Exhale, shoulders down. And you might shake your shoulders out a little bit, settling the shoulder blades down the back side of the chest. Broaden the heart space. So lengthen across the collarbones. Let the heart be open. Lift into the sternum. Tilt your chin parallel to the floor, lengthening along the back of the neck as you grow tall up through the crown of the head. And now we'll do a, a meditation of the moment. So we'll survey the uh, present moment, the world in which we inhabit in in this time and space. So we'll do that first by expanding our awareness beyond the building, beyond the room in which you inhabit. So can you use your senses, probably most acutely your sense of of hearing, your auditory sense, to listen for sounds? Consider in this moment If you can sense trees outside of of your uh, living space, can you sense where the ground is higher or lower than where you are at? Can you sense the, um, the sky above, whether it's cloudy or sunny or dark? Now begin to bring your awareness more into the immediate area surrounding you. So into the room in which you're practicing. And how do you experience this room with your eyes closed? Again, you might use sound. You might hear a fan or the computer the computer you might sense another uh, living presence in the room you might have a pet with you you might have a plant with you 
And then consider if you can sense your position in the room, how far you are from walls, how tall the ceiling is. And now start to turn your gaze inward, sensing your physical body. And notice as you enter this space, what might be calling for your attention. And then wherever it is, whatever it is, how do you react or respond to that information? So this is something we do throughout the uh, yoga practice, is listen, reflect, and respond. So if you are feeling very uncomfortable and it's distracting you from being present, then it might be appropriate to adjust your seat, create more height underneath your hips. Or you might approach any discomfort that you feel with breath. Simply sending a message of release and relief to areas that are calling for attention. Focus your attention on your breathing and begin to breathe in and out through the nostrils using the Ujjayi Pranayama breath technique. So this is done by drawing a gentle contraction in at the back of the throat so that you are able to draw air into the body at a smooth and even rate, filling the lungs from bottom to top. Empty the lungs from top to bottom again at an even, slow pace. And lately I've been enjoying thinking of the breath, uh, this breath meditation, uh, using the visual aid of a pitcher. So not a baseball pitcher, but a pitcher of water. So if you'd like to imagine a pitcher, give it a size, give it a texture, give it a material, a shape. Then as you inhale next, visualize the pitcher filling from bottom to top with cool, clean water, brimming at the top of the pitcher, at the top of the breath. And then as you exhale, tip the pitcher, emptying the pitcher from top, middle to bottom, evenly, smoothly, until the next breath starts. Fill and empty the pitcher three more times. Upon completion of those final three rounds of breath, please open your eyes, 
Take your arms to your sides, turn your palms forward, inhale, sweep your arms overhead, reach up, look up as the palms touch, exhale, hands come down through heart center, arms to your sides. Two more times, inhale, reach up, look up, stretch up from the waistline, exhale, hands down to your sides. One more time, inhale, and exhale, hands through heart center, arms to your sides, and move forward off of any padding and come into a tabletop shape. So uh, we will move into our cat and cow stretches. Place your wrists below your shoulders, spread your fingers, knees hip width distance, and inhale, belly and chest down, tailbone and gaze lift into your cow shape. And then as you find the exhalation, round the spine, chin to chest, tailbone towards the floor, belly button towards the ceiling, push the earth away, and back to cow. Move with the pace of your own breathing. So if you're breathing quickly, let that inform the pace of through which you um, transition between these two shapes. And I like to use this pose, um, at, use this sequence at the beginning of practice often as a way to check in with our spines. So as you move through these two familiar shapes, what are you feeling? Where are you feeling? What is calling for your attention? And again, reflect on the experience of your body in this moment and then consider how you would like to move forward. What would you like to do next? Would you like to continue with these shapes? Would you like to modify them by bending the elbows or pausing in one shape or the other? This is kind of where this idea for me of intention comes in. So it's that moment of reflecting on what's happening and then your intention informing how you are going to move forward, what decisions you're going to make in your practice. So if your intention is to, uh, you know, really be kind to yourself and listen to your body and be responsive to what you're hearing, then you're going to move gently. If your uh, intention is to really push yourself to new new limits, to new new shapes and new experiences in your practice, you might uh, proceed differently. Okay, let's come to a neutral spine keeping the middle ribs drawing gently in and back, heart reaching forward, tailbone reaching back, and then we'll extend the left leg straight up and back with the knee and toes turned downward so that the low spine, uh, the low, low back is like a table. As you reach back with the left heel, look forward and reach forward with the right fingertips. Look forward, reach forward, Extend back through the heel. Make that back leg strong. Lift through the inner thigh. And either choose to stay here or experiment with pointing the left toes and reaching back for the inside of the foot with the right hand. If you can get a good grip on that foot, then begin to kick the foot into the hand, lifting the thigh away from the floor. Right shoulder blade hugs onto the back of the heart. So there's a dynamic tension there, kicking the foot into the hand, the right arm being pulled back. I call this crossbow pose. Notice where and what is happening and always be breathing. You guys look great. Okay, look down as you release the left knee and right hand back to the floor. We'll do the second side. Right leg extends, knee and toes point down as though you're making a table with the low back, reach forward with the left arm, extension of the upper body forward, extension of the lower body back, and in the middle, create that stability of the low ribs drawing or knitting together. Okay, point the right toes, bend the right knee, reach back for the inside of the foot, if you can get that grip, grip the foot and then kick the foot into the hand, lifting the right thigh away from the floor, Left shoulder being drawn to the back of the heart space. A sense of the left shoulder expanding and opening. And then how much of that is you pushing the shoulder blade onto the back of the chest? And how much of that is letting the shoulder be drawn back? It can be both. It can be one stronger than the other. That's another decision you can make. So where are you curious today? 
Are you curious about letting the arm be pulled back? Or are you curious about engaging the shoulder onto the back? Okay, let the right knee come back to the floor. Walk the knees back maybe six inches, keeping them hip width distance apart. Tuck the toes under, tilt the tailbone up as though doing cow pose in the low back and then slowly begin to inch the hands forward, coming into a puppy dog pose. So keep reaching the hands forward, spread the fingers, reach the chin forward, and then slowly lower the chin towards the floor. So I want active hands here. So feel the mat underneath your palms. Feel pressure in the knuckles of the fingers. Press your fingerprints into your mat. And then try to lift into the wrists. Lift into the outer armpits. And then, even then, try to pull your shoulders out of your ears. Shoulders away from the ears as outer armpits lift. So if you've done this with me before, you might feel like, why is my chest further from the floor than usual? So one thing that I normally do is have you walk your knees apart. So we're doing it slightly differently, and that can make a big difference in how the pose is expressed. So notice if you have, um, you don't like that. <laughs> For me, I'm like, why, why? If this is not as deep, why are we doing it this way? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> that's one part of me says that. Another part of me says, well, there's something different to be felt here. There's something different to be explored and discovered. So it actually brings more attention to the arms is what I'm noticing. So notice what and where you're feeling. Where is this shape um, creating sensation? And be curious about this moment. And then we're going to inhale Shift the hips forward, lower the pelvis down, point the toes back, roll the shoulders back, and we're going to come to kind of a modified cobra pose. And then exhale again, tuck the toes, send the hips back. Actually, let's walk the hands back about two handprints for this, <laughs> this movement so that the hips go all the way back to a child's pose with the exhalation. And then inhale Hips melt forward, toes point back, shoulders roll back, chest opens, maybe gaze goes up. So let's do this with the breath. And again, make modifications. If this feels like it's too much for the low back, again, walk the hands closer or don't lower the hips as far down. So we're just using movement to um, explore our bodies. And if our bodies are saying, no, that's painful, that's going to injure me, then I, I beg of you, listen to your bodies above, above me. <laughs> and then um, let's inhale to come forward, shoulders over the wrists, and tuck the toes under if you'd like to come up into a table pose. So I like um, the shoulders, hips, and knees to be in alignment, keeping a uh, strengthening of the shoulders and the uh, back muscles. But uh, that can also be done with the knees down. So come into your version of plank position today. And then let's roll to the outside of the right foot. Either bring the left foot down in front for support, come to the inside of the left foot, or come to the inside of the left foot to come up into a side plank, sweeping the left arm to the sky. Inhale, look up, reach up, broaden across the chest. And then exhale, come back into a uh, plank position. Let's do that a couple of times. Inhale, roll to the outside of the left foot. Right arm lifts up. Lift into the sides of the waistline. Look up. And then exhale, back down through center. One more round. Inhale, open left. Stack the left shoulder. Lift the hips. Exhale, back to plank. Last side. Inhale, right arm lifts. Look up, reach up. Broaden across the chest. Exhale, hand down, and then let's melt the knees to the floor. Tilt your tailbone skyward, reach your chin and chest forward, and then exhale, begin to bend your elbows back, coming to knees, chest, chin on the floor. Slide forward onto your belly. Arms reach back, lift the legs one at a time, point back through the toes, ground through the feet. And for today, we're going to interlace the fingers behind the back. Keep the feet grounded, legs toned, tailbone extended towards the back of the mat, 
elbows towards the ceiling, shoulder blades on the back. With your next inhale, peel your chin and chest away from the floor, reach the knuckles back, expand the heart forward into your um, Shalabhasana or variation of locust pose. Locust, I believe, is a flying insect, so it's a flying pose, using the strength of your back body to open and lift, take flight in the upper body. Sides of the neck back, crown of the head lifts, reach back through the knuckles, expand across the heart. If you can, soften the edges of the mouth, unclench your jaw, keep breathing. One more inhale, lift up, and exhale, let it go. Arms to your sides, right cheek to the mat, big toes touch, heels widen apart. Settle down through the head. Settle the arms. Settle the hips. Come back to the breath and arrive in this pose. This is one of the poses. This is part of the practice. Arrive in this moment. And notice the reverberant energy from the previous pose as well as the entire practice leading to this moment. And consider that how you do this pose will influence your experience of the next one. So that's one thing I love teaching these belly down back bends because it's such a high contrast between one moment and the next. And by being more present with the, um, the attempt to let go, to the attempt to surrender in these passive shapes, there is, um, for me, I feel like there is a more active, a bigger energy to bring to the more, um, the more flashy, <laughs> more flashy poses. Okay, chin to the floor, point the toes back, squeeze the legs together, interlace your fingers behind the back, Elbows towards the ceiling, shoulder blades on the back of the chest. And this time, as you reach the knuckles back, peel the chin and chest up, squeeze the legs together, and then lift the feet as well. Good. So now we're a full locust in flight. Sides of the neck back, crown of the head lifts, engaging the back body to lift and open to take flight. Again, always aided by the uh, relaxation of the face. Soften the edges of the mouth, unclench the jaw, keep breathing. Lift any higher, next inhalation, big inhalation. And exhale, left cheek to the floor, arms at your sides, big toes touch, heels widen apart, head heavy, neck soft, arms heavy, upper back broad. Soft gaze or eyes closed. Arrive in this moment, in this pose. Chin back to the floor, tuck your toes, frame the ribs with your hands, engage the legs so that your knees lift away from the floor as you push back through your heels. Hug the shoulder blades onto the back of your heart, engaging the upper back, and then exhale, push all the way up into a plank position. Inhale in your plank, and exhale back, downward facing dog. Push the hands down and forward, reach the hips up and back, and upon arrival in your dog, Give it a nice little walk. Walk quickly, walk slowly. Either way, paying attention to the back of each leg. And you might generously sway the hips from side to side, getting acquainted with uh, the outer hips as well as the backs of the legs. Hello, doggy. Okay, from here, let's bring our dog to relative stillness, but let's bend the knees deeply. Look forward with the knees bent and then push the hands down and forward. So propel the hips back by pushing the hands strongly down and forward. And remember our puppy dog pose. Same connection with the knuckles and the mat. Same fingerprints into the mat. Push the hands down and forward. Reach the hips up and back and then release the head. Lengthen the heels down. 
Draw the lower front ribs slightly in. Knit the low ribs. Lengthen the spine. Push from the waistline through the fingertips. From the hips down through the heels. And then lower your knees to the floor. Okay, so we are going to go right into our headstand practice. So as I have promised, <laughs> we are going to do a consistent practice of headstand. So if you have a headstand practice already, this is your chance to go wild with it. You get to do experiment with whatever you're uh, interested in in headstand. If you're not, uh, if you're just starting out at the headstand practice, I'm going to give you the tools for that journey uh, to you know, kick up to the wall and eventually move away from the wall on the headstand. So the headstand we're working on today is a uh, headstand two, Sirsasana uh, <laughs> two, with the basket weave interlace of the fingers. So we're going to take that towards the top of the mat. If you're going to kick up to the wall, then slide your mat to a wall, the short end of your mat to an unobstructed wall space. And then uh, take that basket weave of your fingers either to the top of your mat or about uh, four to six inches from the wall. And then we're going to plant our elbows directly below the shoulders. So chances, most of us, if we haven't done this before, uh, a lot of people go too wide with the elbows. So you want your, your elbows directly below your shoulders to create a strong uh, triangular base. Even if your elbows are wider, it's still a triangle, but it's, uh, you know, the angles are uh, different. <laughs> I'm not going to get into ge the geometry of it just now. Um, okay, so the elbows are below the shoulders, and we're in a uh, forearm table pose. And then from the forearm table, again, this uh, idea of strengthening and lengthening the middle spine. So you might even unlace the fingers, take a fingertip to your upper abdomen. So you want to create a tone there. And you can start to think about toning there by thinking about pulling the low front ribs in and back. So as the front of the abdomen contracts, there's this lengthening and strengthening of the low back. So keeping with that, lift the feet or tuck the toes, lift the hips up. So let me see everybody get into their forearm dog pose. Good. Good. Okay. From here, look to the space between your hands. Without allowing your shoulders to move forward, start to walk your feet forward. So your shoulders are staying where they were, staying over the elbows as the hips get higher. So this is a great place to practice. If you would like, follow me by taking your head to the floor. So this will require a little release in the shoulders. You'll have to let the head fall down, tuck the chin slightly to the chest, Hands just slightly cuffed between the heels of the hands. If you can, walk the feet any further forward, lifting the hips higher, and then lift one leg up. Maybe the left leg to start, pushing down through the head, pushing down through the forearms, lifting the shoulders away from the ears. And then left leg down, switch legs, right leg up. Knee and toes point down. So instead of kicking the leg up, you're going to turn the right knee, right toes towards the floor. Push the head down, push the forearms down, and then right leg down. Okay, here's the leap of faith. If you feel supported with the head on the floor, strength of the upper back, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the curvature of your neck supporting you, push down through the head and lift your arms. Arms straight up and back. So you're pushing into your head. You're basically in a... a head dog your your legs are in dog pose your head is on the floor your arms are lifted and then head back arms back to the floor knees down push it back into a child's pose so um if you're up in the headstand come down um head <laughs> come into your child's pose and i'm just gonna talk here for a minute and uh sing the praises of headstand um, the, the, some of the reasons I really love this pose is that it is something you are unlikely to do the first time you try it. So it does give you that, um, it can give you a framework for setting a goal. And I think, uh, this goal is 
achievable by most, if not in full, at least in part. So with these, um, with these movements that we're practicing, we're practicing today, you can definitely start to strengthen your upper back, strengthen that um, connection between your head and the floor in that position, and um, set a foundation for being upside down. So um, no matter what you practice today, what your posture looked like, Take this moment to reflect on the experience of the pose. What, how does the pose um, reverberate in this moment? Where and what are you feeling? Arrive again with the breath, perhaps directing breath to the upper back, the lower back. And then sweep the arms back, turning the palms up and allowing the heads of the arm bones to uh, slump forward so that the shoulders are drawn apart. Slowly round up along the spine, push your way to seated, and then come on up to standing. So we're going to do a few standing poses before we uh, go down go down again and do our crane pose. Okay, so stand on your left foot. Establish a connection between your left foot and the floor. Send down those roots. And then take your hands to your hips. Take your right heel to a hover. And just remain here for a moment. So establishing your balance, your strength, your confidence in the left leg. And then arms to your sides, and we'll start to swing the right leg forward and back, kind of testing our balance here, testing our confidence on our left leg. So you can start to do this slowly. If you feel confident, you can start to build some momentum. You can start to swing your right leg with reckless abandon. Try not to kick any pets or break any windows. You know, get loose, get silly, fall over. Try again. And then slow it down. Come back out the way you went in. Bring the right heel to a hover. Hands back to your hips. Okay, left leg. Can you take a little bit more, um, <laughs> more of the responsibility here? We're going to turn the right knee, right toes out. And then come to tree pose by placing the right foot to the inside of the left calf or the inside of the left thigh. Or if you'd like, you can use uh, put your leg in lotus pose by turning the sole of the right foot skyward and extending the knee downward. So wherever your foot has landed, create that stability at your center line, bringing hands together in front of your heart. And, you know, balance is always uh, somewhat elusive. There may be days when this is uh, more accessible. There may be days when this seems impossible. You can always lean on something, support of a wall. Bring your gaze to the floor to start. And once you have established the confidence in the left leg, those roots down into the earth, you might grow your branches. A student texted me this morning that, um, that this is a, today is a, a Jewish holiday. I cannot, I don't want to say the wrong name of the holiday, so I won't even try, but uh, she was saying that this um, holiday celebrated trees and um, that it really, uh, there was this uh, reverence for the resilience of trees, and that's something I like to talk about in this pose, this, uh, we send these roots down into the earth, that, like I say, that strength, that confidence, but a tree must also be supple, have the ability to move with the weather, to um, take some, to, to move with the weather. So if it's windy and rainy, you've got to sway your branches and trust that root system deep below the earth. So if you'd like, you could sway your branches, you can test out your balance by taking your gaze up or even closing your eyes. 
try out some different things here. And again, if you, um, if you fall out, reroute, re-rise. And then everybody, when you're ready, take the arms down, foot down, and we'll do the second side. You can shake out that left leg, say thank you left leg, you're strong, you rock. Right leg's turn to show its stuff. So right foot roots down. Establish those roots. Step onto the right foot. Bring the left heel to a hover. Square the hips and chest forward. Recognize the adjustments that are being made in the right foot to keep you upright. And I like to recognize that I can't totally micromanage that situation. So a lot of the movement that happens in the right foot is not really uh, is beyond my uh, cognitive uh, my cognitive control over my body. So just recognize that. That's cool. Okay, then we're gonna let the arms down and start to swing that leg a little bit. Again, starting maybe with some caution, and then once you feel confident, once you feel rooted in the right leg, you might start to swing to kick with reckless abandon. This is, I was thinking, could this be a different kind of tree? This is like a mangrove tree with its roots in the ocean. It's just getting constantly changed by the tide. Okay. <laughs> Left heel to a hover. And then let's transition into our uh, traditional tree pose. Left knee, left toes out to the left. Place the foot to the inside of the calf or the thigh or come into that lotus leg position. Hands to heart center. Grow tall, root down. Again, you might grow your branches, turn the palms up if you'd like, or sway the arms side to side. So again, root to rise is a, a term that I, um, I learned in my yoga, my initial yoga learning, and I, I love it. I love that terminology for this pose because there's the, this idea, the deeper you send those, your roots down, the more grounded your energy is, the more strength you have to grow taller, to express more freedom of movement in the upper body. Okay, hands down, foot down. And let's follow our tree pose with our C salutations. So uh, we're gonna come with our feet either together or hip width distance apart at the top of the mat. If you haven't done this sequence with me before, then you might watch on the first one. We'll do maybe four of these. Okay, so make sure there's nothing on the mat behind you because we're gonna roll back. Hands together, heart center. As you inhale, sweep the arms overhead, look up, reach up, palms touch. As you exhale, flow forward, fingertips to the floor or to a block at the top of the mat. Inhale, lift halfway, fingertips to the shin, shoulder blades on the back. And then as you exhale, bend your knees as though you're sitting in an imaginary chair. Fingertips might come behind for support. Inhale, reach the arms forward for a half chair pose. And then as you exhale, melt the hips, sweep the legs overhead, wave the legs overhead. Inhale, momentum coming forward. Balance in the half chair. Exhale, fold forward, push the feet down, lift the hips up. Inhale, push all the way up to standing. Reach the arms up, palms touch at the top. Exhale, arms to your sides, Tadasana. Again, inhale, arms sweep up. Exhale, flow forward with your breath. Inhale, fingertips to the shins, half lift. Exhale, fold and sink the hips into your chair. Inhale, reach the arms forward. Exhale, sink the hips down, sweep the legs overhead. Inhale, momentum coming forward, balance in the half chair. 
Exhale, push down with the feet, lift with the hips, fold forward. Inhale, lift halfway, shoulders on the back. Exhale and fold, hips high, head low. Inhale, rise to stand, reach up, look up, palms touch. Exhale, hands down through heart center, arms to your sides. One more with my instruction. Inhale, sweep up. Exhale, flow forward. Inhale, rise halfway. Exhale, sink the hips. Inhale, reach forward, hips low. Exhale, melt the hips, sweep the legs. Inhale, wave, rolling forward, come to balance. Exhale, hips high, head low. Inhale, rise to stand, reach up, palms touch. Exhale, hands through heart center, arms to your sides, Tadasana. One more, you go. <laughs> With your own breath. Okay, when you're ready, meet back in Tadasana. I love that. I love that flow. It's just kind of, kind of playful, kind of silly, fun. Okay, so from here we're going to come down into a squat position. So um, take your feet as wide as your outer hips. Turn your toes out, and then bring your hands to heart center. If you have a knee, you have a history of knee injuries. This. It's, this might not be a good way to come down. If you have a history of knee injuries, you might bring your fingertips to the floor, sink your hips down. Otherwise, lift into your heart space, tall spine, and then begin to bend your knees in the direction of your toes. Your heels might come up off the mat as the hips sink lower. You might be able to rock back onto your heels. So we want the sense of the heels grounding. If your heels are lifted, to get them grounded, bring some height underneath the heels in the form of a blanket. Okay, so come in, down into your squat, hands to, to prayer, thumbs to sternum. As you widen your arms into your legs, lift your heart higher, broaden your collarbones. As you hug your le legs actively into your arms, lengthen the tailbone down. So this extension of the arms out is lifting and opening the chest. This contraction of the legs in is lengthening the tailbone downward, expanding through the inner thighs. Look straight ahead, soften the face. Notice where and what you're feeling. And again, that reflection and opportunity to change the trajectory of this pose by perhaps changing the conversation in your head, modifying your breath, modifying the pose. And then roll onto your tailbone. Bring your knees together. Cup your palms below your thighs. Lift your chest up. Broaden your collarbones. And then lift your shins parallel to the floor. Okay. Take your hands out from underneath your thighs. Either choose to stay here or extend your legs straight for Navasana boat pose. Lift the chest. Broaden the collarbones. <laughs> Hug the legs, turn up the edges of the mouth. If you know it, if you like it, you can do your bellows breathing here. So a pull, a sharp inhalation, or a sharp exhalation through the nostrils, and kind of an automatic inhale. So for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one, hands to thighs, feet down. We lost Gretchen. I'll be on the lookout for uh, trying to come back in. Okay, lift the chest and then shins parallel to the floor. And this one's going to be a little different. Keeping the knees bent, inhale, arms to your sides. Exhale, extend the legs straight, lower the back body to a hover, half boat. Inhale, chest to knees. Exhale, push out through the feet. Let's do four more. Inhale, lift up. Exhale, push. It's like rowing your boat. Inhale. 
Exhale, push, come down to a hover. Inhale. Exhale, push. Inhale. Exhale, push. <laughs> One more, inhale, come on up. And exhale, push, lower down to a hover for five, four, three, two, one. Heels down, head down, arms to your sides. Whew. Okay, we are going to prepare for our uh, crane pose, our paper crane. So um, I like to prep this pose by doing the pose on our backs. And the reason I like to do that is because we often think of arm balances as being all about upper body strength. But in fact, um, so much of the strength from this pose comes from our core. So, uh, okay, I thought I saw something. So we're going to use our core, do the shape on our backs, and then try the arm balance. So bring your feet in towards your hips, and then draw your knees in and up towards your armpits, separating the knees apart. Soles of the feet together, knees apart, knees up towards the armpits. Then take your arms towards the ceiling, palms as though you're going to put fingerprints or put your palm prints on the ceiling. And now activate, curl the uh, back of the head, back of the shoulders away from the floor, tuck your tailbone towards your heels, try to get your knees in your armpits. Knees in and up, less of the back body on the floor, push the palm prints to the sky, curl up, push up, Try to breathe, do breathe, and then release down. Feet down, arms down to your sides. Okay, so remember that. Remember that strength it took to round the back body. Roll to one side and press up. So now we will do our crane pose. If you have blocks, this is a great place to utilize blocks. I'm gonna place my blocks side by side, towards maybe towards the middle of the mat. So I'm going to give you lots of options for this pose today. As I said, there's like, there are, there's crow pose and crane pose. And I, I don't, I feel like there's a lot of confusion about which is which. And, um, I don't know that there needs to be a very clear distinction. Um, tell me if you feel more like a crane or more like a crow when you do this pose. Um, okay. So what we're going to do is stand on the blocks, feet together. And then we're going to bend the knees, touch the floor in front of us. Sink your hips down towards your heels and then widen your knees apart. So your knees are at the outsides of your arms. Okay, so there's gonna be, I'm gonna give you three different options. Three, I'm trying to show, put my fingers in a place where you can see them, but three. Okay, so I'm looking here, <laughs> option one, just watch me, option one, all start, they all start the same way. Hands, shoulder width distance apart, fingers spread, knuckles grounded. And then the first option, I'm going to go from easiest to hardest. Uh, first option is to bend the elbows back and then try to get the shins on the back of the arms and then get the feet up. So the arms are making a shelf for the shins and the hips are going to lift up. One thing, in that pose, you're not going to be able to straighten your arms. If you want to try this pose with straight arms, don't do it that way. The second way would be to hug the legs to the outsides of the arms. Keeping the hips low, look forward, hug the outer arms, and then attempt to lift the feet, start, attempt to straighten the legs. Okay, and the third way would be to try to get your knees in your armpits. Knees up to the armpits, plant the hands, lift the hips higher. Oh my gosh, this way is really hard. Point your toes back. Okay, so one of those is crow pose, one of them's crane pose. Like I said, I don't know the distinction. I kind of think that last one is crane pose. Anyway, so <laughs> let's do something. Um, let's take flight in some manner, become a bird, place your hands shoulder width distance apart, and then you might even place a block, a blanket, or a bolster in front of you. So for that crash landing, um, you might have the padding of a blanket. Okay, so let's do this together. Gaze forward, choose your arm position, either bent elbows making the shelf or legs squeezed to the outer armpits or knees in the armpits. Start to look forward, shift forward, and as you come forward, draw back through the sides of the waistline. Remember the strength of the core 
from our previous post. Abby, beautiful. Really nice. Good. And if you want to, just either shoot the legs back into a chaturanga or go for a headstand. <laughs> so, a couple, <laughs> so a couple of fun things to experiment with here would be the... Um, the sh- so the shoot, the shoot back, as I'm going to call it, so that uh, the gaze is forward, then the legs shoot back into uh, chaturanga. And the other one I uh, hinted at was the transition from the um, bakasana into a tripod headstand. So, um, Abby, you looked like you're ready to try something uh, experimental from there if you'd like. <laughs> so... Just some options. Uh, Scotty, you're looking awesome at your bir- beautiful bird today. Um, awesome. <laughs> what was that? It's harder than it looks. Like many things, I, I, I labeled that under the leap of, leap of faith. It's just, um, did we lose? Gretchen? Nicole, do you know? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Excellent job, guys. Let's uh, come back down onto our backs. We'll do some very um, gradual back bending after that. So let's just uh, start with a very small bridge. So if you want to visualize your bridge, the bridge that you're building, We're just going to build a bridge that like Winnie the Pooh would play poo sticks on, you know, it's just a little bridge over a creek. So arms to your sides, push your feet down, lift the hips up, feel an extension of your uh, thighs, an opening across the front of your pelvis, the length of the tailbone, you might lift your head and lengthen the neck. And then lower the hips down. Take the feet apart, let the knees fall together. A couple of deep cleansing breaths, conscious breaths. And then we've had a rainy season and there's more water under the bridge. So we got we had to build a little bit of a bigger bridge for this next one. Feet parallel. Push the feet down, lift the hips up, interlace your fingers behind your back, and then slowly begin to tuck the shoulders underneath the hips. Push the feet down, lift the hips up. As the heart goes higher, the chin tucks towards the chest, heart and chin moving towards one another. Feel the arch of your bridge, and look down the front of your bridge. So notice if your bridge is lopsided. So if one side appears shorter or lower, then could you consider breathing into the lung of that corresponding side to create expansion from within? Slowly lower the hips, untuck the shoulders, feet apart, knees towards one another or together, hands back to the body. You might bring a hand to the belly, hand to the heart. Trace the path of the breath. Okay, I'm really stretching the metaphor of this bridge. So for this next one... (laughs) Instead of the river being wider, we're going to have some large boats passing under this bridge. So we're going to actually shrink the, uh, the space between our two shorelines and get the bridge higher. <laughs> get it? Okay, so either do what we've done before or you're going to take the bound bridge by sliding the hands underneath the heels, palms facing up. Or if you can reach, grab the outside edges of the ankle. So you'll find that your shoulders are getting closer to your heels. So uh, once you have a grip of the feet or the palms underneath the heels, start to lift your hips up, lengthen through the tailbone, tuck the shoulders underneath the chest, 
So you're lifting up so that those uh, big boats can pass underneath your bridge and your uh, traffic can go over the bridge. Again, be aware of uh, any uh, incongruency between the two sides of your bridge. So you can gather a lot of information from looking at your own body and the shapes. And then what do you do with that information? Oftentimes we, um, <laughs> we use it for criticism, uh, but hopefully we're uh, tempted to steer away from those tendencies. So be curious and proceed. As you're ready, come on back down. Feet apart, knees together, hands to the body. Observation of the breath. Okay, lift the feet, cup the knees with the hands, and then just sway the knees side to side, massaging the low back. Now slowly draw the knees in and up towards the chest. Take hold of the outer edges of the feet and rock from side to side. So we're moving into our uh, descent towards Savasana, slowing down, relinquishing effort. Inner feet come together, interlace the fingers, widen out through the knees, bound, uh, recline bound angle pose. Extension through the inner thighs, contraction through the outer hips, length along the spine. You might tilt the, the chin towards the chest slightly to lengthen the neck. And now bring the inner legs together and give yourself a hug. This was a great, great adventure that you've, that you've taken. Uh, wrap your arms around your legs, tuck your chin to your chest, tailbone towards the heels, squeeze in. And then find your way into Savasana. I apologize for going a little over time here. I understand if you have to go. Um, but I, would, I really hope that you can take this time in Savasana for yourself. And um, if, you, if you have the time, take the time and take your time getting there. So if you have a favorite sweater or a pair of socks that you like to put on at this time, do your ritual around this practice. So, um, so sometimes if you have uh, movements that you do or a ritual around this uh, practice, you'll find that getting there, getting uh, in that relaxed, comfortable, safe space may be uh, easier and faster. So whether you'd like to uh, lie on your back for Savasana or um, take your legs up the wall or fold over the support of a bolster in a child's pose, all, uh, all forms of relaxation are acceptable at this time. So there might be some minor adjusting, extending of legs out. You might like to do... Um, kind of a, a, a final um, contraction of the muscles. You might like to make fists with the hands before laying the arms down and unfurling the fingers. You might like to scrunch up your face before neutralizing your expression. So inviting the physical body into a state of rest. Take note of any residual effort. Recognize it and throughout the body just send a message of release. And upon release we are going to enter a more reflective state. Attempting to View the body and even view the mind as if from a remove, from a slight distance.
So one um, one challenge that uh, really highlights the difficulty of this is uh, watching the breath without trying to change it. So we're moving in the opposite direction that we started the class with. At the beginning of the class, we practiced this triumphant uprising breath, really a calling of energy, a drawing forth of effort. Now we're attempting to um, let the waters settle. So instead of raising those waves of inhale and exhale. We're inviting a slowing down of the breath, of movement towards stillness, or a shift. may move from an observation, again expanding your awareness, your sensory abilities out into the surrounding area, sensing sounds, perhaps sensing the body's position in the room, Sensing the texture of the surfaces beneath you. And beyond the, the walls, beyond the floor, beyond the ceiling, send the sensory perception out into the surrounding world. Notice what comes up as you explore those spaces. Perhaps there's a physical reaction or a thoughts of obligation. Remind yourself we're exploring a space for rest and reflection. Slowly invite more air in as you continue to breathe. As you exhale, allow more time at the bottom of your breath for air to leave your body.
with this invitation back to the body comes movement, perhaps starting with the fingers and toes. Then how would you like to move? Would you like to rock your arms and legs? Would you like to stretch your arms overhead? Eventually bend the knees, placing the feet on the floor. Extend one arm along one ear. Roll onto that side of your body, transitioning from our corpse pose into a fetal position. Then keeping the eyes closed, please come up into some form of a seated position. Establish your seat, root to rise, and then bring your palms together at heart center. If you'd like, I invite you to join me in chanting OM one single time to close the practice. Exhale, empty the lungs, and inhale for OM. Thank you for your presence, your patience, and your devotion to this practice. The light in me recognizes and bows to the light in each of you. Namaste.